What is up, everybody? Hey, it's Keith with the Real Deal Podcast with Scott and Keith. What, what a great, great song this is. I know Jared Leto gets a lot of grief. Uh, 30 Seconds to Mars is a great band, though, and this is a great song. What a fantastic intro to a song. So powerful and anthemic. I mean, it makes you want to pump your fist and just sing along with him. It's awesome. I love it. But you know me. I'm, I'm a crazy, stupid music guy. But anyway, it's been a few weeks. Uh, Scott and I both have had conflicting schedules. A lot of stuff going on here at the end of the summer, and um, he's still out of town this week. He's gallivanting around the country. I think he's in Florida or something with his guys uh, from his company doing some sort of leadership training or whatnot, trying to better themselves, and I said good for them. I was sitting there and just eating dinner, and I was like, well, you know what? He's out of town, but I'm not. So I thought I'd jump on here and... and, uh, you know, if nothing else, I thought I might give you something to think about, maybe something to motivate you, something to encourage you. You know, that's kind of what Scott and I try to do. Every now and then we go off on a tirade, but that's typically not our bag. And tonight's going to be no different. However, uh, since he and I typically sort of balance each other out, you're going to get all me tonight or this morning, where whenever it is that you're listening. Um, and so what that means is that it's going to have a little bit more you know, me in it. (laughs) So if you listen to the podcast, you know what I bring to it. But, um, a couple weeks ago, well, actually it's probably a couple months ago now, Scott and I did an episode and I'd have to go back and look and see which one it was. But we were talking about this crazy race that he runs. Uh, you know, he, he does all these marathons, these insane, insane races where they, I mean, they, they literally put their bodies to, I mean, I mean, they put it through its paces. They put it through the worst. This particular race was like a one-mile loop or something like that, up a mountain and then back down a mountain. It's like a one-mile up and down. You know, and it's not like a paved trail. I mean, it's a trail. You know, there's roots and rocks and dirt and trees. and um, You know, and, and the whole premise of this race is that, you know, they're going to run until nobody else is running. So it's literally like a last man standing type of event. And, um, I mean, he's telling me this, you know, and what you guys can't see when he and I are do, doing a, a podcast or an episode is, is you know, my reaction to some of this stuff. Because I'm thinking, you know what, man, did anybody tell them that they don't have to do this? <laughs> they don't have to do this, and but they do. And it's crazy and it's insane. And Scott does this stuff and hey, I'm good for him. Um, I wish that I could maybe... Maybe some of it is jealousy that I just wish that I could do some of this stuff. But um, as I'm still getting over my, my knee replacement surgeries, uh, I've been cautioned and advised by, by the doctors not to do anything extreme for quite a little while. So, But maybe one day, maybe one day. But anyway, this race, they run until no one's running. you know. And so you go up the mountain, and you back down the mountain, and you come down and as you're coming through the checkpoint, you know, each runner has a team of people there, you know, keeping them hydrated, keeping them, you know, keeping calories going in their body, uh, whatever. But they run until no one's running anymore. I think Scott ran like, I think he said like 20 hours or something like that. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I should have gone back and listened to the episode, but this is kind of off the cuff tonight. But at any rate, the guy that won the thing ran like 40 hours. 
And I don't know what his exact time was. We're just going to use 40 as, as, a, as a round number for my purposes tonight. Because I haven't stopped thinking about that since we talked about it. You know, that it's truly one of those situations where you just got to outrun or outlast everybody else to win. It's not about who's fastest. It's not about how many laps you do. It's not about how strong you are. It's just how how long you can last, right? How much how much endurance you have, what you can put your body through, what you put yourself through. It takes discipline. And along with discipline comes, you know, at, at times it's going to be painful. It's going to be uncomfortable most of the time. Um, there's so much that's involved with something like this. Um, I couldn't help but think of a Bible passage. Of course, you knew that's where I was going because it's me. <laughs> but in Hebrews chapter 12, the writer here starts out chapter 12 like this. He says, therefore, since we all have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us and let us run with the endurance, the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. For the joy lay before him, and he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, so that you won't grow weary and give up. In struggling against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. And you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons. My son, do not take the Lord's discipline lightly or lose heart. When you are reproved by him, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and punishes every son he receives. Endure suffering as discipline. God is dealing with you as sons. That's a powerful passage. And there's a lot there to try to break down. And I'm not going to, I'm not going, <laughs> I'm not going to go into a full exegesis of this passage tonight and bore you to death with my ramblings, my thoughts. But what I hope that you'll see is the correlation. That whoever the guy was that won this race, the guy that ran 40 hours, you know, he, the, this passage begins with the writer talking about a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us. And he says, lay aside every hindrance that so easily ensnares us and every sin that ensnares us. That's that's the first thing that I, that I picture with this guy running this race is that he has put everything aside that's going to keep him from being focused. If he's got to outlast everybody else, he's just got to run longer than everybody else. He's going to lay aside everything that's going to possibly keep him from doing that. And then the next line, the writer says, you know, let's run with endurance this race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus. And so this guy, while he's running this race, he wasn't focused on who was behind him. He wasn't focused on anybody beside him. And honestly, he probably wasn't focused on anybody who might have been in front of him because if they don't last, it doesn't matter. He had his eyes on the finish line, which was simply outlasting everybody else. He had his mind set on a goal and he had his focus. He laid aside everything that could possibly hinder him and he kept his mind intent 
and, and disciplined. He kept his mind intentional towards what it was that he wanted to accomplish. And then he goes on in this passage and talks about, you know, he, he talks about uh, considering Jesus who endured such hostility, you know, against himself so that you won't grow weary and give up. And so what he's doing is he, he's, you know, he's, he's saying, put in your mind for a second that you're not the only one, right? Sometimes, you know, especially in a race like this, I mean, you're thinking, man, I, you know, I can't be the only one suffering. And the truth is, is that everyone is running that race is suffering. But the exhortation here is do this so that you won't give up. Focus on the one who's gone before you so that you won't give up. And struggling, you've not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. Think about that for a second. You know, just as a metaphor, we get really uptight in life when things get uncomfortable. Uh, when, when our plans have to change or something interrupts the flow of, of whatever course my life is naturally taking, we really get uptight. We get upset. Some might even say, pretty, pretty big buzzword going on around this week with, uh, you know, the MTV Music Awards last weekend and the, the pop star Lizzo talking about how she's oppressed while she goes home to her $2 million mansion and $12 million bank account. If every person in this country who claimed to be oppressed was truly oppressed, then everybody would be oppressed. This is America. And it's not that oppression isn't real or oppression doesn't take place. But none of us should be lectured by someone who has absolutely succeeded as far as the world is concerned as far as the world views success and that's money and fame and all this other stuff that I, I don't consider success really. Um, and so, you know, you, you think about that in stark contrast to this, Lizzo hadn't resisted to the shedding of blood. I mean, you can, you can tell that just by the shape she keeps herself in. I'm sure I'm going to get some hate for that comment, but, you know, taking care of yourself is important. Justifying yourself in bad behavior is not. And he goes on here, the writer says, you've got an exhortation that addresses you as sons. And it talks about, you know, God not, you know, God dealing out discipline to those that he loves. And I, I know that with my kids, it would be an extreme act of unlove and it would be unloving for me not to discipline my kids when they were growing up to correct them when they were doing something wrong, to point them in a better direction. It's unloving not to discipline, to let, you know, to, to let someone just, you know, run wild or run free without any, any sort of, of, of discipline is a recipe for disaster. And what he says here, he says, do not lose heart when you're reproved for the Lord disciplines the ones he loves. In verse seven, he says, endure suffering as discipline. God is dealing with you as sons. And so whenever you think about life's hardships and whatnot, and let's equate this back to the race, discipline is what gets you through the suffering. 
Man, the guy that ran 40 hours, there's no doubt he was suffering. There's no doubt every time he started back up that mountain, it was a, it was a, a, a groan and an exhale and a, man, how many more times do I have to do this? You know, how, when is this going to be over? And he's not listening to any of that. He's just focused on the next step. Realizing that this is what he's trained for. This is what he has gotten himself to this sort of strength. What, what, he's, what he's adapted his body to. He's put himself through hardships so that he could win this race. Now, that's the 40-hour guy, right? The 40-hour guy, it's almost like he could have read this passage metaphorically and taken it to heart. And that's what got him the 40 hours. But you know the guy I can't stop thinking about? I can't stop thinking about the guy that ran 39 minutes and 59 seconds. The 39-59 guy. Man, what... What must have gone through his head at the moment that he quit realizing that he gave away the victory? He gave it to the to the 40-hour guy. Now, I don't know what his time was. He it probably wasn't 39.59. Again, I'm using that metaphorically, but that's that's basically what it comes down to because the guy that won, he only had to win by a couple of seconds. It'd be the last guy running. You win. What sort of scenarios and conversations were going through the 3959 guy's head? What sort of correspondence are you having with yourself to where you finally decide, you know, I've got to give up? I wonder if he was just focused the whole time on the guy in front of him and not on the finish line. I wonder if he had let himself get distracted from the roots and the rocks and the the aches and pains in his body. I wonder if he started listening to that little voice that creeps up in all of us and says, hey, you can't do this. And at some point, he gives into that. And so I think about that guy and the real encouragement here then in this passage that I just read from Hebrews 12. The real encouragement is for that guy. That maybe the difference was that this guy didn't prepare mentally. Maybe he was ready physically. Maybe he could have ran 41 hours, but mentally he wasn't ready yet. He didn't prepare himself. He didn't discipline himself. Maybe he trained in all the right ways physically in his diet, making sure he had enough water in his body. I'm sure he had a team of folks like everybody else helping him. Because that's important too, by the way. The guys that are running these races, they can't run them by themselves. They need a team of people there to help them and encourage them. Sometimes it's just someone to say, hey, keep going. Because if you start listening to that voice in your head, well, 39.59 creeps up and you throw in the towel. And the 40-hour guy wins. Now, here's the application for all this. And obviously, this is a huge metaphor for life. But the the truth is, we all are running a race. It begins at birth and it ends at death. And your finish line and my finish line are not going to be the same finish line. Nobody knows when that's going to be. Nobody knows. 
when the lights are going to go out for you as an individual or for me as an individual. But I know this, until then, I've got a race to run, right? And I don't get to quit. Because here's what happens when you do. I see it all too much, too often. I see people whose light in their eyes has gone out. I see people who have just given up on themselves. They've given up on their hopes. They've given up on their plans. You know, think about it, man. One of the great things of being a kid was all your dreams and your plans. Somewhere along the way, you lost focus. You didn't lay aside every weight like this passage talks about. You lost your focus. You didn't lay aside every weight. And you stopped running with endurance. You started listening to that voice telling you, you can't keep this up. You can't keep going. You can't do this. And whatever your great cloud of witnesses are, they're all watching. They're all seeing this happening. And you begin to slow down, and then you tap out. And yeah, you probably let a lot of people down. You probably disappointed some folks, but really the only person you let down was yourself. Because you gave up. It's 39.59, and you just had to keep going. Why would you let yourself go? I see so many people who have just, they've stopped taking care of themselves. They stopped caring about um, the betterment of their life. They've, they've, they've stopped trying. And I'm not, what I'm not, I'm not, this isn't about physical health or, or, or financial wealth. You know, you know that I'm not that guy. But what I am talking about is milking this life for every moment it's worth. Because you don't know. When your race is going to end. But when you give up. Before you're done with the race. You start living. You start living like. The race is over. And you're just on the sidelines now watching. Being a spectator. When you should be out there running. And so here's my encouragement to you. If you don't do anything else this weekend, take some time and go reorient yourself with who you are. Go reorient yourself with who you were. Think about those goals that you might have given up on. Think about the dreams that you laid aside. Whether it's just getting back in shape this year, or whether it's training for a marathon, or, or whether it's just being a better dad, being a better mom, being a better husband, being a better wife. Man, I could go on and on about those topics. You know how much I love those. I'm trying to be Scott and myself here for a second. But think about, think about those things and reorient yourself with who you were then. Get back in the race. Get back in the race. It's not too late as long as you're breathing. And as long as there's breath in your body, there's hope. There's always hope. You can always keep going. 
Don't be a 39-59 guy. Go for it. That's all I had. I just wanted to encourage you tonight. As soon as Scott gets back in town, we're going to fire this thing back up again. We've both got a lot of things we'd like to talk about. Some episodes coming up, some things we want to address. But that's my admonition to you for this weekend. Get back in touch with the runner that you used to be. Get back in the race. Thanks much, y'all. I'm Keith with The Real Deal Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. See you.